Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We have a packed show today where you're going to recap Fight to Win 96 in Fresno, On It 10 Invitational in Austin, Texas, Polaris 8 in Cardiff in the UK. We are also going to recap EBI 18, the female strawweights that also took place in Austin, Texas. And we're going to do a preview for the IBJJF 2018 Nogi Worlds. How you doing, Emil? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Have you uh, had fun? This is probably one of the first marathon weeks you've had to do where you have a big event on Friday with Fight to Win and we had an event on Saturday with uh, with uh, on at Invitational, then two events on Sunday, Polaris in the morning because it was in UK time, and then we had uh, EBI that ran till like I think midnight or twelve fifteen is when it finished in our time. Yeah, and I had a seminar in there too, so it was a jujitsu packed weekend. It was that, awesome though. Did you on the podcast? It's always jujitsu packed weekend for you yes. now. <laughs> So uh, how's the seminar? Who's who's the seminar with and how that was it? Jonathan Alves, man. It was fucking awesome. That's awesome, dude. He's a killer brown belt. At, yeah. Uh, is he AOJ or Atos? Uh, he's AOJ, and he is he's incredible. He's an awesome dude. Uh, dropped amazing knowledge, and uh, he's only 19, man. So sky's the limit. Like, we're going to see that kid a lot. We're going to hear What's the next name. thing he's on? Uh, so he is competing in Abu Dhabi Grand Slam in Abu Dhabi. For UAEJJF? Yes. And then he's doing um, Euros, I think something like three days after that, I think is what he said. Jesus, getting moving. And then he's doing Pans after that. And then he's doing uh, ADCC trials in Sao Paulo. So he's going to be a busy fucking dude. Yes, he's a busy fucking dude. Good for him. That's awesome. That's a cool seminar, it sounds like. Yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, keep... Everyone is listening. Keep keep your eyes on him. He's fucking incredible. So, so uh, want to move into news? Yeah, let's do it. All right. There's uh, not a lot of news this week because everyone was watching all the grappling. Uh, two pieces. Uh, I've got like one piece of news. You think you have one other piece of news? Uh, Gio Martinez got announced for making his combat jiu-jitsu debut in one of the upcoming EBIs. So that's a thing. Yeah, that's gonna be savage. It'll be exciting to see how he does. Uh, again, he's another jiu-jitsu guy making the jump over. Gordon Ryan's in that event. It's another jiu-jitsu guy making the jump over for Dooms in that event. Uh, BJJ guy and MMA guy, not really jumping over at all, kind of just doing what he does. Josh Barnett's there. Um, they had another one, too, I'm trying to remember. Well, they had Vinny, and then... Oh, Vinny, yeah, yeah, and Vinny. Then, But Vinny's not in it. Oh, he's not. Well, they were like, yeah, Vinny, and then Vinny's like, yeah, I'm fighting for PFL for a million dollars. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing this. Or it's like, I'm, they haven't confirmed me yet. Like, I'm not announced this. So, more names will come out as that gets closer and closer. But right now, everyone's eyes are on... Um, Nogi Worlds, and Gordon had a hilarious Instagram post. Let me see if I can find it here. Saved in my notes. Yeah, dude is busy. While you're while you're digging that up, uh, Kasai just announced that they're doing um, their Elite Grappling Championships and confirmed that Gordon Ryan is headlining versus Joao Gabriel Rocha. Dude, that's going to be super good. That's in, um, it's in Texas, right? Uh, Dallas. Yep, Dallas, it's Dallas, and it's on February second. Dude, gonna that's be great! That'd awesome. be so exciting. We have that on our, on our calendar of events. We got. I got really excited to look at that. So they've announced more names this week. Uh, I cannot find it, Emil. Yeah, it was a stacked. It, like his division in Nogi Worlds is fucking. Basically, stacked. his post was everyone wants a piece of daddy. Yeah, and uh, you look at his, you're like, God damn, that's not even the absolute. That's just like his division. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking good for sure. And and dude, he just he just swept pans. So it would be it'll be interesting to see him with a with a little bit higher level of competition. If he can do it again, because he had a couple matches in pans that were close. I mean, he subbed everybody, dude. He did sub. He had a couple that were close. He was down a couple of them, and then got gets the sub. He he, he subbed everybody. He, he did. 
I mean, I'm trying to create he, a narrative. I'm he, trying to craft a narrative. Yeah, the narrative here. is he, he gets on your back and he chokes you. That's the narrative. That is kind of the narrative now. Yeah. So, uh, you got any other news? Uh, that's it. All right, so let's move into the previews. The previews, Jesus. Let's move into the recaps for the, this week's events. So, one more recap of Polaris 8 that took place in Cardiff, Wales, uh, which I assume is in the UK. Yes. I'm not so good with the maps and the geography. I just know that it happened at a reasonable time, and I got to watch the whole thing during the midday, and I was very pleased about that. Yeah, and it was fucking tremendous talent, too. I yeah, mean, this so, is a great card. So where do you want to start? Bro? Start, start in the main card, but where do you want to start in the main card? Start with fucking Craig Jones, man. Right, He's fine. fucking back. So last week we errantly spoke. I was like, yeah, I think these guys have met each other before, Craig and Keenan. And uh, as soon as you look it up, it's like, oh, yeah, that was ADCC. Oh, that was really recently. We should have known that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, ADCC, Keenan beats him 13-0, to zero, and... There was a lot of hype going into this match that he would do that again uh, from Keenan himself, and then that didn't quite happen. And I, I also last week speculated that Keenan was going to take this, but uh, I did too. I, th- I thought he would take it. Honestly, in a rematch, I can see him taking it. I, I can still see him taking it. Like I see Keenan as the favorite in this matchup. So Craig defeats him via split decision. It was a really, really close match. I would say Craig Jones won it pretty handily, at least from my opinion. Like he was ragdolling Keenan on the feet like his snap downs in the beginning of the match were fucking like Keenan's head almost slammed into the mat when but, they were but standing to counter up. you there the majority of this match didn't take place on the feet the majority of this match took place with Craig trying to pass and Keenan trying to sweep yeah but there was also an an actual successful Uchimata that uh that Craig Jones hit on yeah on he's Keenan fucking good at that yeah dude he's his stand-up. He hit that. He hit that at Kasai. He hit that a couple times. Like he came that's a really good Uchimata. Really fucking aggressive on the feet, which is really exciting because it it went it played way differently than his last matches where it was him pulling seated guard and in that Z guard trying to get underneath the guy to the saddle. He was yeah. trying to pass here, and it was I was I was very pleased to watch this match. It was a lot of fun. Craig Jones, I love the Uchimata. Yeah. So Craig Jones does a jiu version of the Uchimata where he just kind of like almost rolls the guy over. Right. He doesn't lift an arc and almost create like a scramble in the air. He just like kind of leans you over. I really like this Uchimata. I have a lot of success with this, and I think it's a really, really good takedown. So it's cool to see a really high-level guy use it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was just great to see Craig coming out aggressively so like that again. I got a question for you. And What's up? So I kept watching Keenan go to this like – I don't even know what leg position he was in, but he was trying to sweep Craig over. And the sweep I thought he was trying to do was almost like a variation of like a waiter sweep or like a dummy sweep. But Keenan wasn't going for Craig's. He would have he had Craig's front side leg pretty well controlled, but he wasn't scooping under for the heel of the other leg to try to do like an X guard sweep or a shin to shin sweep or any any sort of other sweep that I'm familiar with. I don't know what he was going for, and he spent the majority of the match on the ground in this position going for this. Sweep. It didn't look like he was going for a leg position. I don't know what he was going for. Do you know what he was going for, Emil? Let's pull it up. All right, let's pull it up. So, yeah, we just took a look at this, and um, especially towards the end of the match, we see Keenan. Um, he's going both. I see him in De La Hiva and reverse De La Hiva, and what he has is a really strong underhook on the leg. And given that he's not using his other arm to... Uh, to get the far leg, I would say he's he's probably looking to do like an inverted sweep, like either a bolo or uh, kiss of the dragon. If he uh, if he was in reverse del Hiva. you just thinking that he never got the hand position he wanted to like to turn all the way over and get on his shoulders. Um, I, he might not have gotten a deep enough bite. I know when when I'm terribly inflexible, I'm really bad at these uh, at these sweeps, but I do know what helps me a lot is if I get a nice underhook and I can pull the leg up t- onto my shoulder. I can even me 
invert a lot easier with that. And I think it seemed like he was waiting to, to get that off balancing in order to, to do it. But that's just pure speculation on my part. But he was never able to get it. And uh, but it, was, it was an interesting position. You watched Craig repeatedly try to knee cut kind of from that position, and Keenan repeatedly tried to go for this leg position, was never able to get it going. Um, I thought, honestly, the split... i sorry, I hate split decisions. I think a split decision is bad because it means one judge saw it wrong. Um, I think you should have a defined judging criteria so that you shouldn't ever have a judge that sees it wrong because there should be a correct way to score each bout. Um, that be, So two things about Polaris. I love that they break up the judging into three periods. So a 15-minute match, the first five minutes, the second five minutes, and the third five minutes are all scored independently, and you score each round, but they never break the action. Right. So you get guys that if you want to have a long match, you let guys keep working, keep working, keep working, and then at the five-minute mark and at the 10-minute mark and at the 15-minute mark, you score those sections of the bout, and then the winner of those three rounds, and air quotes there, but it's an audio podcast, so you can't see that, wins the bout. I like that a lot. That being said, this match was really cool. That being said, I don't know why I said, like, I'm caveating it. It was really cool to see, um, basically, do you favor active passing as a scoring criteria or do you favor active sweep attempts? Yeah. The other thing, actually, now that you mention it, um, when you just said that uh, uh, Craig Jones had difficulty, like, knee cutting and, and passing, that's actually another thing that reinforcing the De La Hiva or reverse De La Hiva hook with your arm does is it keeps your knee off the mat and it prevents... Uh, a lot of those like really heavy passes. Yeah, that's being Craig was really so trying to drop his it, knee in there. It, it could have been just a really defensive thing from Keenan as well. So yeah. it looked good. I honestly think the decision is deserved. It's definitely a close decision, a split decision. I can see it. Um, but Craig Jones takes the two hundred five pound champion pound. I don't know what weight class is. It's UK promotions. I know it's a light heavyweight. I think it's about two hundred five pound weight class. So now he is the champ. Champ. He is eighty five champ, and he is the two hundred five champ. Yeah, so, welcome back. I'm happy to see it. It was it was a good match. Anything else you want to add on this match? Nah, but let's let's move on to the next one. Wagner Hosha and Ben Henderson. Damn, this match was off the chain. Dude, this was good. Yo, Benson goes to sleep a little bit. Yeah, oh, 100% he the goes there, to sleep. He gets up on the stanky He leg was wobbly. You, you looked at his eyes, and someone on Reddit was like, yeah, he had the crazy eyes. Yeah, Wagner, Wagner hit him with a short choke, and he was, uh, as per well, usual, thugging I, on him. I think Benson tapped... And then, like, the ref didn't quite see it, so he got, like, two... And, and again, all the MMA guys will go super deep and, like, they'll wait to ride the last second attack because it means so much. And he waited the last second, and then the ref waited another two seconds, and uh, Wagner let go, and Benson was on uh, a sleepy timeline. Yeah, he was he was out for sure. And he played it He played it off like he wasn't. Oh, but, but you, that's, that's you Benson, that. man. Benson, like, he loves playing it cool in MMA. Smooth and in, Benson Henderson. Yeah, exactly. I love Benson Henderson. I, I really legitimately love him. This as a, match, even Wagner said it, like, nobody gets me off their back like that. Yeah, but also... Wagner, this Wagner was dominating this match like oh, all definitely. across the board. And here's the thing, you know, like I love Benson, I, I like seeing him grapple, but he's they he gets matches made with people generally that grappling wise are kind of like out of his league. You know, like I'll agree. Yeah, typically he's fighting guy. I mean, but he's a huge name, so if he wants to go grapple, you can't give him your run of the mill like pretty competitive black belt that's true and so like who are you going to give him yeah, like you have benson henderson versus some guy you kind of don't really know but you give him the big name because he can compete with the big name guys he just can't usually beat them or win against or them. he gets put to sleep he gets put to sleep a little bit he yeah. didn't talk to go to sleep like he didn't do the sleepy sleep he was standing still yeah 
Yeah, his brain was shut off. His brain was shut off a little but, bit. But uh, who knows? You know, and um, you know, it. He's he's definitely put on some really entertaining matches. Oh, uh, yeah. in the past. Is he gonna? You know, a guy I'm happy to see competing on Polaris. Like I'm. I'm, I will be happy to have him on the card every time. Like, he puts on a good show. Yep. He's a good grappler. He's an entertaining grappler. He's a good name. Like, this match was fun. Like, I enjoyed this match a lot. Yep. Um, Wagner was really active, looking for the back control. Benson was really active, like, shucking him off the back, stacking him, wouldn't let Wagner get the arm or the choke for a lot of the match. And I was. Had, had a good sweep and reversal at one point, too, but Wagner looked totally comfortable. Like, just. Oh, yeah. Like, not even breaking a sweat. Another really dominant performance from Wagner Hosha. I love that he uses that smother so much. Yeah. He got on Benson's back and he started to smother choke him. Dude, this came... This, the commentators in a completely separate event cited Wagner Hosha for this, like, kind of emergent, like, smothering attack. Because we didn't see that until he, he had the combat jiu-jitsu match at XFN. Like... It was a technique. It, was, it had been around for a long time, but we didn't really see guys utilizing oh, it a ton. Doing and it then he sure. did that, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's a legit thing I can do. I'm going to fucking do that. Yeah, it's going to force reactions at the very least. So Yeah, it looked really good. And his technique for that is beautiful. He cups the entire hand. He has the pinky, like you should, under the jaw to close the mouth shut. He cups the nose and the, and the, the mouth hole. And The mouth hole. <laughs> what do you, what do you yeah. call it, the mouth? <laughs> the mouth hole. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he does an excellent job, and I think actually it was the um, the EBI strawweight um, event where uh, someone was doing that over there. I think it was the Kraken, um, Gabby, and uh, the commentators there were like, "Yo, this is some Wagner Hosha shit." Yeah, right? so dude, because he, I mean, again, it was around before him. But he is recently made. It's the new hotness now. Like everyone's using that from the back. You smother the face. I'm using it at the gym with my blue belt. Yo, and Josh white has belts. done that shit to me. Josh has tapped me with that. Damn. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I felt upset as well. <laughs> he does it like and he does it like as a fuck you. Yeah, oh as no, like, as like, oh, you can't get you. like I, I'm a brown belt. He's now a black belt. Like you can't stop me. Yeah, and I'm like I'm gonna stop you. And then I have to go take a big ass breath, and I get a sweaty mouth, Josh hand, and uh, <laughs> I like oh I didn't get any breath out of that. Nope. Oh, I'm gonna I'm passing out a little bit. Oh, I got a tap. Yep. So so fun match, great match. Um, and then yeah, unless there's anything else, we can go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. All right, Mancher Kara. Defeats uh, Lashin Giles by decision. You uh, butchered his name. How, how do you say Lachlan? It? Lachlan. Lachlan Giles. Lachlan Giles. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. I got your back. <laughs> I'm, the hom- I'm the homie here. Um, yeah, this was this was Manch's like match for sure. I mean, like he I got just, much brought it hard here. Like absolutely, uh, just had really brutal top pressure from top half. Like. Did a really great job at you know uh, head control and making it look completely. Had really good positional control the whole time with that neon belly and and he'd do the basking of the head thing and pulling him into the neon belly yep. to and control. Knee cut and like yeah, it was just it looked like one of those miserable matches yeah. for Lachlan. So. I'm starting to play a lot more neon because I had the knee injury, so I have to base out really far because I was worried about my knee. So I started to play a lot more neon belly. It was really cool to see him use that position and the way he controlled Lachlan because Lachlan's a really active guy and like a scrambler. And so it was really cool to see Munch be able to control him in that way from that position for long stretches of time. Absolutely. And so it kind of brought some validation to some stuff that I'm trying to do because like, okay, cool. This really high-level guy can control this other really high-level guy using these techniques, that neon belly, that neon belly ride with the close head control and pop up from the shoulder pressure, no shoulder pressure, and use it as an active position and not as just a stalling position. It was, uh, it was really cool to see. It was a, from a technical perspective, I was really pleased to watch this match. Hell yeah. 
So next up, we had uh, Daniel Strauss defeating Satoshi Ishii by split decision. Uh, so Dan came out real strong in this. He had an awesome arm and guillotine. He like snaps Satoshi down to the mat, and then he does a really nice swing around to take the back. Um, really, like, what, like 10 seconds in, 15 seconds in? Yeah, like, it was immediately. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a quick-paced match. Satoshi's able to get out. Yo, he looks... Satoshi looks like he like dropped some weight and looks way more cut than he did in Quintet. Absolutely, and and afterwards, Daniel Strauss was like lamenting that he he won by split decision, didn't get the sub. But he was like, "Yeah, when I was on his back, um, this is gonna sound crazy, but Satoshi Ishii's really fucking strong." Yeah. Well, he they posted the video of him in the lead up, which is just Satoshi lifting like heavy ass weights in in the gym, preparing for the matchup, and you're like, "God damn it, like, he lost a bunch of weight." He looks jacked. He looks like the dude that won in the Olympics. Yep. Like, he looks jacked. He just had an MMA fight, like, I want to yeah. say, like, a couple days before. Yeah. So he looks he looks really dominant. Uh, so Satoshi gets out, and he just starts pressure passing. Um, Dan is able to definitely get back to butterfly guard. And it's really this for eight minutes, you know. And, yeah, uh, it, was a sl- it, was definitely a, it was definitely a slower match. Yeah. Well, at, at places. The fight ended pretty much with Satoshi kneeing Dan in the nuts <laughs> for a second. There's, like... A brief break. They had 10 uh, seconds left, and then he's in the nuts, and then Dan's like, oh, and you're like, <laughs> if we're really going to have injury stoppage time on this 10 seconds, like, come on, Dan, I got, yeah, you got this. I believe in you. Get back on the mat. <laughs> but in terms of, like, uh, full-blown offense, you know, is it's Daniel's back take, I think, was the, the, the deciding well, he's factor. He's on so. the back for, yeah. like, four or five minutes of the match. Like, he was on the back for— I don't for think a, it was that much. I think it was just a couple minutes. I think my notes are wrong, then, because my notes yeah. say uh, Strauss has the back for, like, four— Slash five minutes. I think it was under two minutes. Yeah. All right, my bad then. So, um, but you know, it was he was clearly on the back. It wasn't like a scramble or anything. So, um, definitely did a, a good job. But um, yeah, that was the big guys. Let's talk about the small. guys. Let's talk about the match that I enjoyed more than any other match in this card. Nikki Ryan defeating Masakazu Imanari via submission rear naked choke. I almost said split decision. If I read it wrong, via submission rear naked choke. I enjoyed the show of this match personally. I know you did not enjoy it as no, much. I, I did like it. I did like it. Um, yeah, it was Nikki really... Ryan is really fucking good. Yeah, he's fucking amazing, and he's he's clearly demonstrating with each competition that goes by that he is just cracking into the higher and higher levels of competition. Like we haven't seen his ceiling yet. You know, like no. we, we you know obviously he was thrown in to deep waters in in ADCC when he stepped in. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, in terms of just regular competition, he just keeps getting better and better, and Dude, keeps expanding his skill set. His heel hook knowledge, his leg lock knowledge, his positional control knowledge. Like he played leg locks with Imanari for mm, half the match. Half the match, and it was exactly at five minutes actually, because. The five-minute mark goes, and they'd been kind of trading attacks, and Nikki's just like, cool, uh, I'm going to go to side control now and then get to mount. And, yeah. and He, was he makes just, the switch, gets on the back, and gets the choke, and it's just a beautiful sequence. Like, Nikki Ryan, and again, Imanar throws up some legitimate sub-attempts yeah, a couple it, times. And actually, like, it wasn't from the mount that Nikki takes the back. Like, Imanari is actually able to bridge and get out, and he gets into a leg entanglement, and Ashigarami, but Nikki just like is able to fold his leg and step around and take the back, and that's where he body locks and just yeah. face cranks the shit out of it's him. It's a beautiful back take sequence, yeah. um, and it shows just how good Nikki Ryan is because it's not a position that you see a lot of guys take the back in that way. He just like sits on him, yep, and then he like is able to roll his hips. He does a thing that um, 
Mazakami Imanari tries to roll, and Nikki is able to do the thing that not many guys can do, is actually he beats him on the roll from the back, and actually rolls underneath him. So in the place where most guys will actually roll off of the back, Nikki is able to beat him in that place and roll. It's a really impressive thing. You do not see a lot of guys that are actually able to make this transition to the back that way, because Imanari is doing the correct thing, and he hasn't beat positionally with this particular escape, and Nikki is able to get there anyway. It's a, it's a very, very small little detail, but you don't see it a lot. Go back and watch just that sequence when Imanar goes to roll and Nikki ends up on his back. You don't see it a lot. It's really, really impressive. So one cool thing was uh, they cut to his corner and it was Craig Jones. Craig yeah. Jones was cornering him. So Craig Jones kinda... and his mom, I laughed about it. I was like, <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> it's kind of cool to see like the... Like Craig Jones, Danaher, like squad. Because he trains there a little bit now. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, he, he, he I think trained, he pops in, you know. Yeah, they train there. He trained there for a bit uh, for something. I forget what it was. But mm-hmm. I think they all have all those guys, Keenan, Gordon, Craig, like they all seem to have a rapport. They all seem to train with each other enough because I think they need the high level. They need the high level guys that are right. on that size. Absolutely. So, you know, they, they're all friendly with each other, which is nice to see. So it was really cool to see him him cornering uh Nikki. Re- really hilarious after the match. See Nikki calling out Johnny Grippo, uh, Bruno Frazzato, and and the Meow Brothers. Like it's like yeah. I'll watch any <laughs> of those matches. He's, he's been against Meow, hasn't he? One of the Meows. Uh, I thought he I positionally kind of just like turned it up on him, and then when it was points, he like pointed him out. But this was like one or two years ago. I don't know when you're fighting a 15 year old Nikki Ryan. Yeah, I don't know. I could be talking my ass here. I think Meow. Be- I, I would have been surprised. Meow. Like I think positionally just kind of beats him up. Hmm. Maybe maybe at ADCC or something. But. I don't remember what it was. We can look it up, but I'm not going to. Yep. Um, but you you thought like, okay, he's probably not going to get the meow matchup. He's probably not going to get Johnny Grippo, or maybe he will. But I would from Johnny's side and from either of the meow side. I just wonder why you would take that match because uh, it's a hard match. It's a hard match. It seems high risk, and you know, I don't know exactly what you get. It's one of those like like high risk, lower rewards type things at the moment look you either fight him now or you fight him in two years right that's like, true that's my thought it's like it's like look it's like the boxing adage it's like okay do you want to fight the young killer that's got some problems you know you can maybe exploit or do you want to fight the young killer when he's now a young killer and is pr- going into his prime yeah like i think he's 17 i do he's think... got a whole hell of a lot more he's going to get better at yeah it's true um but i, I think th- for right now the bruno frazado match is what yeah. makes the most sense to i me. think that's a really good matchup i think uh i probably i think we could see that on kasai I think yeah. both those guys have been on Kasai. I think that's a matchup I think Kasai would, would maybe make, and I'm really excited to see it if they do. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then last match of the main card, we have uh, Centauri Lilius uh, defeating Pedro Besa by decision. This is a game match. Yeah. I think this is the only game match on the main card. So, it was uh, again, I like to see the guys getting showcased on these primarily Nogi events. Again, most of the bigger events are Nogi-based, but I do like to see the Gi guys getting some love Um on the main card. I did like seeing the the ref was active here. He, there was a reset from 50-50 where the ref was just basically like, all right, I'm going to stun you guys up. Like, I'm bored. Yep. Do jiu-jitsu. So Pedro goes for a nice blast double, and Centauri pulls him again into 50-50 again. And at this point, the crowd was booing a little bit. So um, I guess different expectations for Polaris, you know. like It, it was a little slow. I mean, there was, I think at this match, there was seven or eight minutes of 50-50. It was a lot of 50-50. Really technical work and in high level jujitsu, but it was from a spectator perspective, it was a little slower and uh it was definitely a grindy fifty fifty match. This is why guys kinda get a little eh, about fifty fifty at high level because it gets a little grindy like this because it's a very hard position to disengage from unless you're a dude like Wagner Hosha and Dakinya. Exactly. 
So uh, onto the preliminary card, unless you got anything else to add on the main card here. Man. Nope. So we had a preliminary card. We had Tom Haplin defeating Brett Johns via heel hook. We had Brian Jenkins defeating Harry McKnight via rear naked choke. We had Ed Ingalais defeating Jamie Hughes via heel hook. We had Paul Redman defeating Craig Ewer via unanimous decision. We had Freddie Rossgrove defeating Lou Long via unanimous decision. We had Matty Holmes defeating Kieran Davron via split decision. We had Jay Butler defeating Ben Robinson via decision. And we had Ash Amos defeating Shane Price via submission by an arm triangle. Awesome. It was great a great event. event. It's on Fight Pass. We plays up now. We just watched uh, Craig Jones versus Keenan Cornelius, and I highly recommend that you watch this event. It was amazing. And Fight Pass has got it so easy to watch. Like it breaks each match up. You can click buy the match, and you can fast forward. You can slow down. It's a great interface. Absolutely, it's worth ten bucks a month. Honestly, yeah. Oh yeah, especially now with all the EBI events, all the Polaris's, like, and the quintets, and the quintets. Yeah, plus the UFC and Cage Warriors, and like thirty other MMA promotions. If you ever watch, want to watch anyone fight for any reason, like it's a pretty good service. So go back and watch that. Oh, before I forget, a uh, quick shout out to the commentators for Polaris. Really great commentary staff: Tom Barlow and um, Nick Nicholas Oschek. And James Palmer. I can't completely butcher all those names. Great <laughs> commentary for that. I really appreciated it. So on to our recap of EBI 18, the female strawweights. This is a EBI rules tournament, not combat jiu-jitsu, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, traditional EBI rules, 16-woman uh, tournament. Um, yeah, it was great layout, great format, great competitors. Great commentary. Great Great commentary. Yeah, really like the TJ Sanders. It's getting better and better. And they had Brandon McCaffrey, or McCaffrey, I think is how you say his name, one of the guys from 10th Planet Decatur in Alabama. Um, really liked his commentary. Like both these guys together did a really, really great job. EBI has historically gotten some shit for commentary, but uh, this was, I think, this is one of the best EBI commentaries I've ever heard. Really knowledgeable, really funny, knew the positions, explained the positions when they were in 10th Planet stuff. Yep. I really appreciated it. It was great. And, uh, up to $20,000 on the line. So you get, I think, 5000 per submission. Yep. Um, and then if you get all the subs as you go through your bracket and then you win in the finals, you get the money. Yeah. So whoever wins the finals wins 5000 for each submission that they have. So In regulation. Correct. Yeah, it doesn't in count, regulation. It does, doesn't yep. count in overtime. So That's right. So there's a potential of $20,000 that they can win for this, which is a pretty damn good payout. Hell yeah. So let's move into the first round. We had Patty Fontes defeating... Give me the name, Emil. Uh, Chisaki... Akiyama by Rear Naked Choke and Face Crush. Uh, we had Jessica Khan submitting Analidia uh, Calzada by Armbar. This is a beautiful transition from uh, back. Yeah, so was, she had the back, and then she was able to just swing out to the armbar really quick. It was a really quick transition here. Oh, yeah. We had Gabby Romero, the Kraken, submitting uh, Megan Parducho by Armbar in overtime from the Spiderweb. I want to pause for a second. Her Gabby's knee was, like, turned the wrong direction at one point in a pass or, in like, some sort of take. <laughs> Dude, it made me uncomfortable the whole time. I was watching her knee like, oh, it shouldn't bend that way. It shouldn't do that. But And the commenter was talking about, like, yeah, women can just bend their knees in different kind of ways. And, like, this I was sort about of to exploded say, my knee. Yeah, the physicality of women is completely different. So it, it really, the, the jujitsu that you see is way different and, like, super entertaining to watch. Yeah. And Gabby gets the armbar here in, the, in overtime in eight seconds. And then uh, Perducho can't get the sub quick enough. So you have uh, Chelsea Aguayo submitting Rita Line uh, Gribben by armbar in overtime. Uh, we have uh, Mesa Bastos uh, submitting Fabiana George by 
Rear naked choke in overtime. Yeah, she has. Uh, Bastos has George in a triangle for a really long time, but isn't able to get the choke. And uh, commentary is doing. I think it does a really good. I think this is where I knew the commentary is going to be here for then the event because they do a really good job explaining the position the entire time. They don't say stupid shit. They're just like they're just talking about the position and why it's not working, how it can be adjusted. Like really, really good jujitsu commentary. And from here on, out, I was like, okay, these guys are doing a really good job. I really appreciate that the insight that they're giving in this position it's like a basic triangle and like why it's not being finished and what the options he has from here are we have fiona watson defeating nina navid by fastest escape in overtime we have daniel kennelly submitting lila smida by smadia by armbar in overtime from the spider web um this is actually the match where danielle has the back at one point and starts like almost like raking the face and uses uh, smothering attacks from the back in overtime and this is when the commentators were like oh yeah this is Wagner Hosha style of like back attacking and how much it's changed uh so like it's such a useful position though it, it is and it's crazy to see Wagner Hosha like kind of single-handedly changing the- single-handedly we decided like I'm gonna cup the face this one time in this one match because we didn't we gotta say we've seen it from a little bit before but like that match was like the renaissance. I'm just, again, I'm, I'm, I love when a guy pops out a technique that's been around forever and then everyone's like, we should start using that again. Yeah, especially gangster ass technique. Yeah. So we have uh, Rikako uh, Yuasa defeating, submitting Sofia Amarante by short choke in, in regulation time. 9.30 of regulation. Yeah, Yuasa, I thought, I thought, because Yuasa is a multiple time IBGF world champion, super dominant. Dude, she looked fucking amazing. She looked, but she she didn't sub quick in like any of her her rounds i was really impressed uh, sorry i was really surprised that she kind of took so long to get to a lot of the subs that she was able to get to like 9 30 in the first round i was like "Ooh, that's a that's you've gone long your first round and some of the other competitors have kind of gone through really really quickly so it was interesting well i mean a lot of these actually went to overtime and in, in in the octafinals but now we're onto the quarterfinals we have patty fontes wait did you call them the octafinals yeah that's what they're called is it really yeah Sounds dope. Yeah, no one no one ever calls it that. I call it the first round. Yeah, yeah. first round, octofinals. The round of eight, the octofinals. Oh, I'm calling it octofinals now. Quarterfinals. Awesome. Uh, we have Patty Fontes submitting Jessica Khan by toe hold from top open guard in this regulation. Was a, this was a really interesting toe. I watched this a couple times. Uh, it's like, I honestly don't know how to describe it. Just go back and watch it. It's a very interesting position to get the toe hold from that you don't see a lot. Go back and watch it. Uh, next match, we have Gabby Romero submitting Chelsea Agu- Aguayo by inverted armbar in regulation. And this was awesome. Uh, Gabby had really amazing transitions here from armbar to guillotine, spinning around, and back into armbar again. Definitely go back and watch this. This was really, really good. Uh, I love when you say that. We say that all the time. Go back and watch it. Go back and say, just, just watch everything. Yeah, I definitely just watch everything. But like some of these matches are, are especially when it's on five you if you can you can click through and like if you're not if you can't for some reason watch the whole event and you want to click through like when we say go back and watch it we say it a lot on the show and I try not to like use it um, use it too much like try to highlight really good matches from an event so that's when we say that that's what we mean. So we have uh, Misa Basto submitting uh, Fiona Watson by heel hook in regulation. Uh, this is uh, the first inverted heel hook finish uh that i can recall so so 
I actually thought she finished a lateral knee bar here. Yeah, it, because she switches over from the heel hook, and then you see um, Watson go to escape and kind of get in the runner's position, and then Bastos finishes it, and it looks like she has a lateral finish on it. Basically, instead of pushing against the knee in the forward plane against the kneecap, she's pushing to the side, attacking which the side. Generates ligament, a ton of pressure, which so. sucks, dude. Yeah, like you can definitely pop your knee mm-hmm. uh, if someone's applying pressure like that. So it was a little hard to tell because we were looking at Mice's back. Um, during this, but it's one of the first times that I've seen someone who's in this kind of like heel hook finish attack, finishing sequence, finish some kind of leg attack while being inverted while the person's in that running yeah. defense defense. Because usually the runner's position, like the runner stands there for the heel hook, is the best way to go. You pull the leg through, but if someone is slick enough, they can switch to that knee bar, and that's look that's what it looks like she does. That's why I don't think it's a heel hook. I think it's that lateral knee bar because in that position. Unless she st- again, her foot is on the other side, so we couldn't really see. It could have been the heel hook, but it looked to me like a lateral knee bar. Yeah, Mice is a fucking beast. Oh um, yeah. Then we have uh, Rikako Yuasa defeating Daniel Kelly in overtime by fastest escape time. Yo, Kelly put up a really fun match here. So it's back and forth match. Kelly at one point goes for it like a cartwheel pass over the guard with the Kimura grip yep. and gets Yuasa super deep into an armbar. I'm super surprised she didn't tap. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole series. Danielle that Kelly was, is fucking amazing. That was dude. amazing. Of the entire event, that was the most, like, holy shit moment um, I saw was that. Because, again, how good Yuasa's defense was and how good the whole sequence was from Kelly. This steps over, does a cartwheel with the grip, and then transition. It was beautiful. So we have a super fight as a break now uh, in between um, off quarterfinals and uh, semifinals. We have Priscilla Herrera submitting Gabrielle Villafuerte by outside heel hook. Uh, so really nice awareness by Priscilla here. Uh, she transitions uh, to an outside Ashigarami, and Gabrielle looks just a step or two behind in these like leg exchanges, uh, and Priscilla is able to get the outside heel hook uh, for the finish. Um, then we have semifinals. We have Patty Fontes submitting Gabby Romero by Kimura in regulation really quick from the bottom guard. She snaps on the Kimura grip and gets the hand behind Gabby's back immediately and this is our third submission of the night dude it was 15 seconds yeah it was just like bop 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 sub i was like okay we're done here yeah it, it was it was textbook it was just a beautiful from from the go it was just a beautiful like technical sub so then we have uh misa basso submitting rikako yuasa and uh by rear naked choke in regulation she gets a back from a snap down guillotine spins around to the back I think a minute and 20 into the round and stays on the back for four to five minutes, which, which yeah. you know, props to Rikako for, for uh, surviving for that long. But you have someone that skilled on your back for that it, long. It's it just... looked like this is where those early rounds, I think, took a toll because Rikako is super good. And we've seen, again, we've, anyone that can win multiple IBJJF world titles in the Gi, which is pretty much the pinnacle of the sport aside from ADCC, is really, really, really good. And she's used to tournament format. She's used to this kind of thing. But I think those longer rounds took a toll on her here. And we saw the speed that she had kind of be reduced here. She couldn't really shuck the back. It was interesting. Yeah. And to see her getting subbed was, uh, I didn't I didn't expect it going into the tournament. I was really, really surprised by this outcome here. Yeah. Uh, also, Mice is just incredible. So. Mice is also, yeah, incredible. That's But that puts her in my head as the front runner here. If you can take out Rokaku, who I thought was going to take the whole thing, like, I immediately had, okay, so Misa potentially is going to take if this. If I'm recalling correctly, Misa trains at Unity, it sounded like. but I think that's what, uh, one of the one of the New York gyms, I think it was, sure Unity. it was Unity. I'm pretty sure it was Unity, yeah. Um, Unity or Henzo's? I it wasn't Henzo's. It was. I okay. think it was Unity. 
Um, so then we have a super fight, uh, Kayla Patterson defeating Andreza Facina by fastest escape in overtime. This was a this was a longer overtime. This is where uh, I think the overtime, especially for special matches, gets a little long. When they when they start going, you have multiple overtimes that go the full length. When the competitors are good or can stall or can hold the position for the riding time, it it was a longer match. Yep. Um, we have the finals, Mesa uh, Bastin submitting um, Patty Fontes by rear naked choke in overtime. So Bastos is a new strawweight champion, and she takes home ten grand. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. That's it's a, a great, lot of that's money. That's a great payday, especially yeah. for the women, like, which there's so few events that pay out the women with any, you know, any reasonable payout. So it's great to see her getting two subs in regulation, banking ten grand, and winning the championship. I, she's a super exciting, super active competitor. It's great to see her taking home that that size payday again it's not 20 grand which i would i would always love to see competitors get as much money as they possibly can but dude puts on a hell of a performance here and deservedly um deservedly the champion deserves that 10 grand super happy to see it it's really entertaining all around so absolutely go back and watch it dude this event ended late as shit yeah so i'm super <laughs> happy it's on fight pass so i can like go back and watch pieces of it today like oh yeah this happened because my notes are pretty good for this one because i'm actually i'm taking i'm committing to taking better notes uh, this whole weekend, I was like, right, I'm going to stop fucking around. I'm going to start professional grappling rewind and uh, take good notes so I can make sure I, you know, I give all the matches the love that they deserve. Hell yeah! So this one was late, and I'm very happy to, you know, have it on Fight Pass immediately available, so I can go back and click through. Like, what did I miss there? Okay, so great event. Anything else you want to add, Emil? Nah, awesome. So on to our recap of Honored Invitational 10 in Austin, Texas. This event featured two brackets: a 135 pound bracket and a 205 pound bracket. I was going. To, I almost fucked it up there. Yeah. As well as some super fights. So uh, where do you want to start? Let's start the 35ers or the 205ers. Um, we'll just kind of go from the first round and 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 read results and then keep going from there. Awesome. Take it away, Emil. So we have Andrew Tackett defeating Randy Villanueva by uh, uh, in overtime. So we're in the, we're in the 35ers right now. Yep. And it's going to go back and forth a little bit um, because that's just how they laid out the the event. We yeah, have you ran, you ran both brackets simultaneously, so it's. It's nice. I like that format because you don't. It gives you, the guys the rest, and you get to see smaller guys and bigger guys too. So yeah, you saw two different kinds of jiu-jitsu. Exactly. So Ray De Leon, Ray Ray, submitting Nate Torres by rear naked choke in under a minute. Super fast sub there. Hell yeah, Vinny Sane submitting Jimmy Santiago by heel hook uh, at like a minute forty-five in, and this is after kind of like back and forth to hold exchanges and rolling around a lot. We have Jacob Harris submitting Daniel Savage by rear naked choke in fifty-two seconds. So again, like really fast submissions. Like yeah, got me. Yeah, that quick. first round, you've got to go quick because you don't want to be caught in deep water in EBI's rule tournament. That's right. We have Kyle Bame submitting Bubba McDaniel by inside heel hook in twenty-four seconds. Like these these matches are just Kyle, cruising by. And Kyle Bame's the current champion at two hundred five for yeah. these guys. He's beast. Yeah. Um, we have Kevin Holland submitting Alec Huber by face crank in overtime. Uh, there was a Gogo Plata attempt at this point, and actually, uh, this is important because Kevin stands and they they reset. And f- you and I were talking about this. We, we were actually skyping each other. We were watching it live. We were like, "Oh, yeah, let's watch it on live." And like, I was at my house, and Neil was at his house, so we talked on Skype. And we were trying to figure they were the everyone was confused what was happening. So basically, what happened is I didn't think they explained it well on the broadcast, or the ref didn't explain it well. So what happens is when you stand up. Certain organizations will go, okay, once you've lifted above the hips or above the shoulders, I think honestly the shoulders, then because there is a possibility of a slam, not that you can slam because you can't slam, but because it is a possibility in that situation, you reset. 
because basically they don't allow slams, but because we recognize that you could slam, we're going to reset the position because you stood up out of the submission. Sambo does the same thing with their rule set. Like if you are in a, in a sub and you lift the guy off the mat, they reset because you could slam the guy and there's no slams. I like this rule a lot because it, it takes out a little bit of the like unrealistic, well, I'm just going to hang out and guard, you know, like, right. oh, like completely lift it up. It also takes out a little bit of the um, jumping guard. You don't see jumping guard. Right. As a result, like a good fight does this. The same thing. Like right. if you lift a guy up, and initially I don't like the rule when I first started competing with it, but thinking about it, in the long, the farther I get into jujitsu, the more I appreciate this rule. Like I like this rule a lot. Like if you lift the guy up, like I can't slam you because we're doing jujitsu. So I get the position. We reset. I lift up out of whatever you're in. If I'm in a guard, if I'm in a submission, doesn't matter. I lifted you out. Cool. We reset and then. You keep going. Yeah. We have uh, next match, Alex Magla submitting Bill Watts uh, by outside heel hook. We have uh, Quentin Rosenwig submitting Reed Scheller by heel hook. Roberto Jimenez submitting DJ Abshire in overtime. Jeremiah Vance submitting Cameron Graves by outside heel hook. Elliot Marshall submitting Jeremy May in overtime. Elizabeth Clay submitting Maddie Fernandez by heel hook. Andrew Tackett defeating Ray Ray by fastest escape in overtime. So I got something I want to talk about this match a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there was a rule discrepancy. Again, I'm a huge stickler for rules. I love rules, and like I think rules are the solution to most things in jiu-jitsu. That being said, there was a really weird thing that happened here. They were in overtime, and Ray Ray at one point gets to the uh, head and arm from the back, and they stop it. And then they go, okay, we set. And then later it's determined that, oh, if you're still in a submission, no matter what position it is, if there's a transition, you keep going. So Ray had this stopped early and then ends up losing via, via escape time. And I thought it was a little – it wasn't great because they had literally taken him out of, out of a position. He would be able to accrue riding time in. And so, like, I think it's really important to have, like, under – refs or whoever's running it – Know the rules you're playing in so that this doesn't happen because it sucks because, you know, way, way to loss this might have won this, but he definitely got a position that he was still able to work in taken away from him. And yeah. it sucks because it was in the rules for him to be allowed to have that position. Um, we have Jacob Harris defeating Vinny Sains by fastest escape in overtime. Uh, we have Kyle Bame submitting Kevin Holland by inside heel hook. And uh, this this was funny because it was an amazing inside heel hook. The commentators were a little bit distracted. Like they were talking about grass-fed butter. I, I'm not sure if it was like guerrilla marketing or what. Um, I'm not sure. But Lovato, I think, did a really good job. Like, uh, I lo- Lovato wasn't in the booth for this one. so they actually, Oh, yeah, because he stepped away a couple times during the event to coach various people. Yeah, and so they actually missed the submission. So it wasn't until like... Uh, Kyle gets stood up that they're like oh yeah Kyle won he, he punched his ticket he punched his ticket is the term they used yeah that. exactly it was uh, yeah I, we'll talk about this at the end so next match Quentin Rosenwig submits uh, Roberto Jimenez by straight ankle lock and this is the match Drysdale comes back do you mean Lovato yeah I'm mixing my commentators up yeah in your notes it says uh, Drysdale so it's multiple been fu- times it's been fucking me up I'm like I don't <laughs> think Drysdale was on the event but no it was, it was Lovato Dude, he's such a good commentator. Oh, like, I love hearing like I love hearing all those high level IBJJF guys. Like anyone with the world title is good on a mic for jujitsu. Oh yeah, and even like, all the high level guys are really good on the mic. Like Tubby Alequin's good, AJ Agarsarm's good, Keenan Cornelius is good, Shane Jamil Taylor's good. Um, 
like a Lovato is really good. Drysdale is really good. Operating on a completely different level. They have an understanding of jujitsu that is far more than I will ever get. And they've competed at a level higher than I will ever get to. And then even the guys that they're commentating have ever competed at. So it's really cool to hear their insights and hear them talk about jujitsu. So like I love hearing Lovato on commentary. It's cool to hear those Thai level guys talk intelligent about jujitsu because 99% of the times they're fucking great commentators. Yeah, absolutely. So that this match is amazing quentin gets a beautiful sweep from outside Sinkaku, uh, almost like a 50 50 style um, and he gets to a saddle position and then he switches immediately to the far leg it was it was awesome yeah, the it transition was so was great smooth. here so he goes from one leg to the uh to the far side leg um and then he gets an inside kind of ashigurama here or cloverleaf whatever you want to call it um and uh this is where um lovato kind of brings the focus back into the match here and does a really good job saying, you know, he identifies that, uh, um, he's Roberto, in danger here. Basically. Yeah, exactly. He's in serious danger. Sorry to interrupt. Gets everyone kind of focused back on this. Quentin gets the whole awesome double threat where he's attacking the outside foot. Then he switches for an inside heel hook and then he goes back outside again for what looked like a straight ankle lock and he gets the submission here. Yeah. Super so. great series there at the end. Awesome. Awesome. So when we have a super fight, we have Frank Rosenthal defeating Marvin Castile by rear naked choke in overtime. I was super excited for this match. It was much, much more disengagey than I anticipated it being. Yeah, there's a lot of double-seated guard, um, yeah. leg attacks, a little bit back and forth. You know. So it's funny, we haven't seen double-seated guard in a bit here, and we saw it a bunch of DBI, and we saw it a little bit at this event. I think it's funny that for some reason, for certain EBI-style tournaments, we see double-seated guard, where nobody wants to be on the top as opposed to no one wants to be in the bottom. It's really funny because you don't see that in very many other styles of tournaments, but you see it at EBI-style tournaments and on it yeah. and EBI. And it was just it was just funny to see a couple of that this weekend. The women, there was a few matches in EBI for the women where there was like multiple minutes of double-seated guard. Uh, so when we have another super fight, uh, we have Adam Piccolotti uh, submitting Danny Castillo in overtime. Dude, like a dumbass last week. I thought it was Pico. I don't know why I thought it was Adrian Pico. Like, I saw a, a bald, muscular guy. I was like, that's Pico. And then in, it's not at all. It was Adam. So completely missed that on last week's episode. Um, then we have uh, Jacob Harris defeating Andrew Tackett by fastest escape in overtime. This is an awesome match. Uh, Tackett's a beast. He's got incredibly heavy top pressure. He's like 17. Yeah, I know. He's so he's fucking like, he's young. He's literally a kid. He's like Nicky Ryan's age. And yeah. it's like we're seeing these guys now that are like the young guys in jiu-jitsu where it's like, dude, I'm so happy to age into masters away from these murderers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, again, Jacob wins by fastest escape in overtime. Um, and then the next match in the 205s, we got Quentin Rosenwig. Wait, so so wait, you, sk- you skipped over. Jacob Harris is now the champion. Yes, yeah. He's, At 135. This he is the wins. Finals of that was the finals. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and it was – Andrew Tackett is, again, I can't say this enough, like just looked really, really good. Um, and I, it was really close. Like I think they were seconds away in terms of um, uh, uh, time and an escape for overtime. And so it was, it was really close, but Jacob ends up uh, edging this one out uh, to, to take the 135 title. Then for the 205ers, uh, in the finals, we have Quentin Rosenwick submitting Kyle Bain by straight ankle lock um, or a toehold. It was a little hard to see. Yeah, really, my angle wasn't that great. I couldn't, I couldn't tell either. Really quick submission. Kyle Bain was screaming, tap, 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 tap. Um, and so it, it, like, it was amazing. It was really fast, too. And yeah. Kyle's a beast. So like, Quentin is just 
on a different level if he's just going through this tournament and so oh yeah he looked everybody. good dude kyle was the previous champion at 205 like yeah. he, when you beat your champion like that it is pretty telling that you're a really really good guy and so again exciting exciting matches and, all through and through and it's a it's a great way to punctuate the 205 bracket right like you yeah. just see an awesome submission like really great match because like, some people give the big guy shit for you know having like lesser <laughs> jiu-jitsu emil i wonder who that would be and uh, it's really we great agreed to see that 205 is not big man we did agree. Week. If you said anything under 220 is not big guy jiu-jitsu. They have they're athletic dudes. That's right. Um, so, but you know this yeah, overall, you know, especially with the the 135ers, you know, started thinking about the rule set a little bit, and you know, the EBI overtime is. I think people are are really gaming it a lot now. You know, yeah. like it. We Jacob, saw a couple matches in this tournament. Well, partic- and particularly like Jacob Harris. This final finals match and the semis finals match. I feel like during regulation he was getting like you know he was on the on the receiving end of a lot of pressure. Yeah, and in both cases he won by escape time and overtime, which is like a little unsatisfying. You know, like well, I'm not, and that that is kind of back to my initial question. We I think we had we had this a couple months ago. We talked about this. Like, is EBI rules? Does it? Do we think it showcases the best jujitsu? And it you get a winner and you get a guy that that in the rule set wins and like, yep, he's able to do either the escape in overtime or the sub in overtime or the control in overtime, whatever it is. But in like the jujitsu piece where you don't, you're not given a position to start with, like in the jujitsu piece that we all do, I, I don't know if it really determines who's the best guy because you get guys that can have, you know, rougher times in that regulation match and then be given the back or be given an arm. And it's like, oh, they, they didn't get there during the match they were given it at the end, and then I'm not really certain if it, if it, if it's telling of who has the best jujitsu. Yeah, fortunately, I mean, I I still think EBI rules is is phenomenal. I think it's still kind of the the gold standard for for nogi, um, and the 205ers, you know, definitely proved that. Like they, were, oh yeah, they were putting on entertaining matches all the way through. I I definitely don't think we see the majority of people gaming the overtime rules at all and also gaming them can play against you as you talked about because oh, if you're tired if you've got exhausted if you, if yeah. you try to get it on ride time like cool enjoy your first two matches going super long and you being tired and got to fight a guy that heel hooked two guys in 37 seconds exactly you know so uh, but that being said like it I just I want to see the best jujitsu shine through, and I think some of the overtime matches. And this isn't just a, a slight against Honor or EBI. This is like we see this. We cover EBI rules a ton, but I don't think we always see the best jujitsu out of that overtime rules because you get guys that you know clearly lose a decision in regulation and then go to overtime after the fact. We saw an EBI with um. Was it Cummings and Martinez? I think that was where we first highlighted the problem where it was like all of a sudden you give someone the back that never got the back in regulation. It's like, ah, they, they didn't really ever get there. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think – and uh, I think finishers are another promotion is basically going, yeah, we're going to shorten the overtime even more. I think shortening it would be beautiful. I think, I think finish – I might have been finished. I could be speaking out of turn here. I think it's finishers is going to a two-minute overtime, Yeah, I which think, I kind of like. I think that's awesome. I think, again, the EBI rules overall are – 
are great and oh, yeah. have, we've seen a lot of entertaining jujitsu from it. So, you know. And dude, this was hands on the best on it, the best event on it has ever put down. Oh, it yeah. was great. The camera system was great. The camera work was great. The commentary was a lot of fun to listen to. The competitors were awesome. The, the Lots of is, really great subs, fast subs too yeah. early on. Like so it was highlight. I think this is definitely the best best show on it's ever put on. So I was really happy that you know we covered it in more depth this time. Yeah, for sure, and definitely worth going back and watching it too. Yeah, it's so. free. It's on. Uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. I was like, where is it? It's on YouTube. Yeah, because they have the live chat up. And I love the live chat during the events because you can just like, you know, you can just chat with people also watching and enjoying the event. Yeah. Hell yeah. So anything else to add on Emil? That's it. Awesome. Great event. So one more recap of Fight to Win 96 in Fresno, California. This event paid out a total of $30,259 in salvage commissions and was headlined by black belt Kleber Luciano defeating Angel Lopez via decision to retain his master's black belt gi title. Dude, the chants from the crowd in this match were fucking awesome. Dude, dude Fresno so brought amped. it. Oh, dude, got me so amped. Like, these weren't just like yelling and stuff like that. This was like a gym chant, like some like yeah. 300 level shit with people just fucking dude. like. It was an exciting. Dude, it was a great. This this fight to win was on Friday because there's a bunch of other events. I love these events on Friday when the crowd brings because like it's a great way to kick off the weekend. You sit back, watch some fight to win on Friday, and it just like it just colors your whole weekend. And we have a great event like this. It's uh it's an awesome way to start out the weekend. So hell yeah. We do want to start with this one. You want to okay. start? We did the Blackboard results. You want to talk yeah, about some we'll, matches we'll you liked? Keep going down, and All then right. we'll we'll pause where we like it. So, Kleber Luciano just talked about defeated Angel Lopez via decision to retain the black belt Gi Masters title. I think he gets that title off of Barry Oshita. I think is initially where he got that title off of. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. It was really, really skillful. He had some great drops there, the Nagis and stuff. So, yeah, Really exciting match from the Masters there. So then we have uh, Cole Franson defeating Bill the Grill Cooper by decision. And that was Friday Night for the Black Belts. This is a really back and forth match. We saw Bill like right initially. Um, it was supposed to be a thing, a flying triangle, but it almost looked like a fly, like a Mark Hunt butt stomp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cole was on the ground and and Bill launched himself on top of him. So not exact. It was flying triangle, but like not how we usually think of it from standing. It so. was a Samoan. It was a super. Was a super Samoan butt stomp. What yeah. was it called? <laughs> but yeah. Atomic butt drop. Atomic butt drop. That's yeah. what it was. So we have Eduardo Crema defeating uh, Michael Martinez by decision. Uh, Chris Coldiron defeating Mark De La Cruz by decision. Uh, we have Tom Knox defeating Alan Marcus by Brabo Choke. And that was submission of the night for the black belts. That was a cool submission because it was from top half and he gets like the Bravo choke and then gets, I watched this over a bra- again. A Bravo choke is not a choke. I do a ton of, um, so I watched it like, probably six or eight times and i still can't exactly figure out where his hands were for this choke because he gets it from the neon belly and he like adjusts it and he was kind of showing me with his hands where his hands were um i watched it a bunch i couldn't exactly figure it out because uh i'm shitty at gi chokes yeah well it's kind of like a baseball bat choke but you have the bravo um grip with your arm that's under the head and then the other arm arm is going the hand is going up and grabbing the lapel that you have I think baseball that style. Okay, because he switches the grip a couple times here. Eventually, it ends up in that grip. He does, there. and like it's it's not exactly clear like how the submission ends, but I know that that's how he was threatening it for sure. Yeah, and so, then uh, Gumby goes to sleep. Yep, he's he's unconscious. He was very unconscious. He did the after the hand check thing, and then the hand just falls down, and he goes, "Oh, whoop, he's asleep." So good catch by the ref. Yeah, good good refing here. Next yep. match, uh, Gabriel uh, Procopio defeating Fronseca. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Gabriel Procopio de Fronseca defeating Dom Hopkins by decision. We have Noah Arnold Tillis defeating Dennis Abrego by decision. Ricardo 
where Mares defeating Bruce Tafoya by choke, Chris Tengonen defeating Kyung-yoon by omoplata. Dude, this is a really cool-ass omoplata. It was fucking beautiful because uh, Chris is transitioning. So he, he he's has this... I, I don't know the name of this this position, but it's halfway between an omoplata and kind of a kimura from bottom where both of your legs are going across the person's back. Yeah, I don't know what you call that position. Like it's it's a power kimura position is what I say. What I've heard it as. It's um oh the super kimura, but like well, on bottom, sort kind of. of but yeah. it's it's like the same position. It's like it's honestly way less controlling than I would like it to be. Well, it depends. Well, it depends on so, depends on the guy. You're I know right. the AOJ guys actually like this. Like um, my professor actually likes writing this out, and he's he can use it to, as a just a control position. Hmm. Um, so it is possible. Um, you just have to kind of balance your weight a little bit. But Chris doesn't even bother doing that. He transitions beautifully to a triangle and then back into an omoplata again. Yeah. So it was it was awesome sequence. Well, um, the finishing sequence of omoplata was even cooler because he has the omoplata and then um, Yoon goes to like roll and Chris is able to switch and like get the tap during the roll. Well, he beats him to the roll, yeah. Yeah, basically. And then like he lets go and then the commentators are like did he did he get him? Did he not get him? And then the and then you like shakes Chris's hand. You go, okay, he yeah. Got and him. he, he got was kind of like holding his shoulder. It looked like yeah. it was pretty pretty tight. It was so a hope... really cool f- sequence on that choke, though. Oh hell yeah! So on to the brown belt results. We have Mason Fowler defeating Luke Pollard by decision, and that was fight of the night for the brown belt. This fight was awesome. This was really really cool. It was a no gi fight. Uh, two pretty big dudes. Two twenty, I think. Yeah, I think two twenty, two twenty-five. Big guys. Yeah, they were good jujitsu, Emil. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Like we saw Mason Fowler. He attempted goga platas. He did like inverted uh, armbar attempts. Here. There was I forget. I don't know which guy it was, but uh, somebody had someone in an armbar. Yeah, Mason and- Fowler has him in an in, has Luke Pollard in an inverted armbar, and Luke just picks him up and just slams but he, him. But he picked him up like six inches. just goes, and just kind of like, I call it thumping someone out of the armbar. He just lifts him up and goes, thump, and like just gets him out of the armbar <laughs> and just pa- and just takes the position. It was uh, it, it was really good. I love, that's why I love fight to win because you can slam. Yeah. And there's so many positions where you just have to lift the guy up like six, eight inches at most maybe to get out of a legitimate sub because you just need that leverage to kind of drop the guy down and you can legitimately, using good technique, escape from a sub because I think a slam is a legitimate technique, especially in a rule set that allows it. And like yep. you saw, you see sub attempts like this and you, know, you see guard breaks like this, like a guy will hold the guard and the guy goes thump and he thumps him out of the guard or a guy thumps out of an armbar or like usually don't thump out of a triangle. Yeah. But there's a couple positions like that where you can just kind of thump the guy off you and it's beautiful. I, lo- I so love watching those techniques. Mason has also even a, a back crucifix at, at one point um, and he ends the match by just slapping on a really deep Kimura attempt from from top half. So it, it was awesome match. This is one of the ones that you want to go back and watch for yeah, sure. It was a lot of fun. And even the brown belts. Yeah, absolutely. So Mike Moreno defeating Sean Fabitz by modified north-south choke. Frank Ruiz defeats Chuck Rooney by decision. Zach Ellis defeats David Ramirez by cross-collar choke. And that was submission of the night for the brown belts. Jonathan Smith defeating Billy Woodson by armbar. Antoine Green Gibson defeating Ray Yeskas by heel hook. Ray Ron defeats Troy Everett by decision. So this was awesome that Roy, like, or Troy, sorry, uh, put this on and, like, set this up well in advance. He's not just, you know, doing a last minute, like, throwing his gi on yeah. while he's in the middle of something, you know. And this was this was a 
like Ray was bringing it on the feet. Both of them were battling oh, it out yeah. on the feet a lot here. At one point, Ray just bench presses Troy off and like in a uh, kind of like almost like a Kamor sweep, kind of just like a bench press sweep over from Saigatrol. And uh, Troy said, "Yeah, Ray is very, very strong." And that was evident. <laughs> you saw, look at the weigh-in photos and uh, Troy's. I think Troy was in the pizza suit for this one, just looking absurd and ridiculous. And it was great. And Ray is just jacked as shit. And uh, Troy's looking all happy, and Ray has a has like an axe. And again, this is why we like part of why we love Fight to Win is like it, they just have fun with it. Like all the guys, Troy, Seth, Brittany, like Missy, they all just have fun with the events, and that really translates over to like to the event itself, the competitors. Like everyone's lighthearted, having a good time. Like you and I have been to actually, I've been to a bunch of Fight to Wins. You've been to just the one just in Philly, one, right? Yeah. And it's just a great environment. It's just a fun event to go to. Everyone's having a good time, and. uh it was great. So, sucks Troy didn't get the win here, but congrats to Ray. And uh, yeah, awesome. On to the next one. Shane Torres defeats Daniel uh, Isaka by footlock onto the purple belt. Oh, he's told my shit, Emil. Yeah, I'm on to it. the purple belt results. I read it in my announcer voice. <laughs> Matt Cox defeating Ryan Kopinski by Kimura. Julio Diaz defeats Jamie Martinez by Kimura. Michael Craddock defeats Jason Frost by shoulder folder. Danny Castro defeats Gerald Apps by decision. Eric Rem defeats Mark Sasser by paper cutter. Adam Stahl defeats Miles Martinez by armbar. Henry Badillo defeats Jamie Rodriguez by armbar. And that was fight of the night for the purple belts. Really quick armbar from guard. Josh Cisneros defeats Brian Lopez by TP choke. And that was submission of the night for the purple belts. I would argue this is submission of the night for the event. Yeah. This you, was... you, you've seen this highlight already. Oh, it yeah. was beautiful. It's all over Instagram. The match starts, and then the match ends. Yeah, it's uh, Josh immediately pulling guard, and he has both hands on the lapels, and he kicks his feet over, both of them over the shoulders of Brian, and just sets in this teepee choke, and what what would you say, 13 seconds, 15 seconds? I think seconds? I counted. I think it was 13 seconds until Brian's asleep, and then 17 seconds until the ref calls it total. It yeah. was just like in, and- out, done. There's a reason why Josh is an up-and-coming purple belt. Yeah. Like, he is a lot of places, winning a lot of things, and I think performances like this are why we're going to see more of him. Hell yeah. We got Alfonso Flores defeating Richard Feek by crosschoke. Lorenzo uh, Jossen defeats James Spear by Estima Lock. Domingo Marcel Rosas defeats Travis Jensen. Just defeats him. <laughs> Nubuze <laughs> Ume defeats Robert Eckerman by decision. Eric Sebajos defeats Amer Rusan by split decision. Juliano Tovar defeats Scott Thomas by rear naked choke. Dylan Deccan defeats Daniel Codillo by decision. Sergio Quinones Jr. defeats Art Hurtado by triangle. Scott Bauman defeats Matt Weiss by cast slicer. Paul Joseph Strambi defeats Oscar Soltero by Americana. Mike Zarbera defeats Keanu Louie by head and arm choke. Jesse James defeats Billy Evangelista by decision. And into the teen matches. We got Josh Cisneros defeating Jacob Gonzalez. Yo, you did not fuck up nearly as many names Maybe. this week as usual. Congrats Maybe. to you, Mia. You're getting better at this finally. Who knows? I recognize some of these. You know what it is? is these are all like probably Chicano names, so it's a little bit easier for me to read. Oh, that makes sense. See, this is why I started giving you the names. Whenever, whenever we go to the West Coast and, like, you know, Midwest like this, like Fresno area, we'll yep. give you all the names. Cisneros, Flores. When we're yeah, in, like, Canadian all... names and stuff and, like, <laughs> super European names, we'll give it to my ass. There we go. So, yeah, great event overall. Dude, 30000 in a in a market like Fresno is really great to see them getting paid out. Yeah. Like, 
I love these guys. I love when they have big, big payouts because that means the athletes are getting paid. And it's always always great to see. So oh, yeah. go awesome back, event. watch it. The whole thing's up right now on um Fight on Flow Grappling. Win. Oh, sorry. Yeah. On Fight to Win. Yeah, it's, it's on Fight. Fight to Win is on Fight to Win. Uh, Flow Grappling, and they've um, d- divvied up all of the matches, um, the videos by match. So yeah. you can go back so and click on the ones that you want to watch. Go back and watch it. So on to our preview of the IBJJF 2018 Nogi Worlds. The the stepchild of the Nogi world yeah, that everyone right. loves to hate, but in reality, it is a pretty prestigious title, and you are a world champion if you win it. So we can all bullshit, but it's still pretty impressive. Yeah, these guys will all rip our fucking arms out of their sockets. So. Yeah, without the gi. Yeah. So it's great. So we're uh, Neil and I were talking about, again, these are always a nightmare for us to preview because there's hundreds of names in each division. So we're just going to go through the names that we recognize. And uh, we, we always end up skipping over names we recognize because usually it's the guy's full name that we don't see a whole lot. Like I repeatedly will miss DJ Jackson because I don't see his name as DJ Jackson. It's De Alonzo, and I always forget it's him. So uh, it's starting the rooster race meal. Yep, and we're we're doing black belt adults here. Yeah, so. we're, we only ever preview the black belts on the major events. In rooster, we got Christian Woodman C, and we have Nibiru Sawada. Yep, in the light featherweights. Holy shit! These divisions get big quick. We have uh, Guillermo Cavallo. We have Tomoyushi Hashimoto. We have uh, Hayago George. We have Joao Miao. We have Alex Eklund, and. Uh, Yep. Tons. On to the black belt featherweights. Marvin Castell. Let's see. We have uh, Pablo oh. Montavani. We got Kennedy Marcio. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's uh, Cobrinha's kid. Yep. So this will be his first Nogi Worlds as a black belt. That's exciting. Let's see who else do oh we have. Oh, my God. This division is enormous. Dude, this is... How many people in this? 25 people in this division. We have Frank Rosenthal also in this division. Yeah. Jacob Michael Ferreira. We have uh, Cesar Fonseca. We have, holy shit, I'm always amazed by how huge the divisions are. Into the lightweights, we have Jeremiah Vance, we have Gianni Grippo, we have Dustin Akbare, we have Masahiro Iwasaki, we have, oh my god, who else? Uh, Hafayogo Domingos. Onto the middleweight division, we have Lachlan Giles, we have Isa Aba, we have Azaki Bahentz, we have Michael Lira Jr., we have Anthony Michael Perez, we have Jeremiah Jackson, we have David Garmo, we have Dante Leone, we have Victor Silvier. Uh, who else we got? Man, this is still going. Holy shit. And Le- Enrique Gar- Galarza, we have Felipe Silva, uh, we have Lucas Hocha de Freitas. It's 36 in that division. Onto the male medium heavyweights. We have Marcos Tinoco. We Josh have, Hanger. Yep, we have Mateus Deniz. Let's see who else we got. Isaiah Wright. We got Viking Kit Wong. Dale. Wow. Kit, Kit Dale and Viking Wong. We have Nick Green, Korean Bamba. And then who else do we got? Nick Calvanese. Nick Calvanese. And 25 in that division. Onto the oh, male How about Marilla Santana? <laughs> I don't want to skip Marilla see, Santana. That's, see, that's what I miss his name. <laughs> I miss the names. I'd have to check my fucking under my bed every time I go to night if I, like if I meal, disrespect Marilla. Meal, why you skip me in the, in the preview <laughs> for the breakdown. <laughs> or however Marilla talks like that. Uh, under the heavyweights now, we got Jackson Souza dos Santos. We have Sebastian Black. We have Nicholas Schrock. We have uh, Timothy Spriggs and Devontae Johnson. Ooh, this would be Devontae's first major as a black belt. Yeah. That'll be exciting as well. 15 in that division. On to the super heavyweights. Oh, boy. Kanan Duarte. We have Hulk Lucas Barbosa. We have Patrick Gaudio. We have uh, James Popolo. We have Elliot Kelly and Roberto Torabas. We got 11 in that division. 
Uh, let's see who else. On to the ultra heavies. We got Jared Lindop. Yuri Samoas. Yep. We have Max Gimeno. Cyborg. Roberto Abreu. That is uh, his name, isn't it? Abreu, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have... Satoshi Ishii. Gordon F. Ryan. Uh, Gustavo Diaz. We got Kevin Casey. Muhammad Ali. And Tex Johnson. Yeah, that's fucking savage. Dude, this is why Gordon... Dude, look at that. It's a division of 15. That's fucking beast. There's some great matches that can happen here. I'm yeah. super excited for this one. Yeah, this is really, really... You think Gordon Ryan takes this one? <sighs> this is this is tough, man. Like, It's hard to say because I, I definitely think one-on-one he beats pretty much everybody here but it's just a grueling you know like who's who's to say by the end of the tournament where you're right at. how tired is he how fresh is he who's yep. had to go through who because there's some really big matchups like the uh gi champion muhammad ali is in here aaron johnson who just won the trials cyborg is, is probably going to want to rip his head off cyborg well dude he's met a bunch of these guys before he's met muhammad he has, ali. but he's, like also the shit talking you know is like, oh yeah dude i hope they bracket them together yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope like, I hope it's like the second round at least because like the, even satoshi Ishi, yeah i don't i don't think satoshi Ishi necessarily could beat gordon ryan but like he's no he can, he can fucking throw him around a lot yeah he can he make can, him tired yeah and, exactly and then this is probably broken up in two days for the black belts so mm-hmm. on saturday you know you have a bunch of matches and then sunday you have your finals and semi i think is it just the finals it's usually the semis and the finals of the final day yeah i think yuri samoas could probably take them on Dude, there's know? a bunch of guys in this there's like three guys that are there's three or four guys here that are adcc like finalists yep like this is not a bullshit division there's no heel hooks but this is a stack division so on to the black belt females for light feather division of seven we have livia guchowska we have uh, Fiona Watson, we have Sophia Amarante, and we saw the woman who just took the oh, Misa EDI, EDI 18 feather, uh, sorry, featherweight, strawweights, Misa Bastos. So she, it, it's saying that she's here under uh, GF team, so she's not Unity. I think she, I think she is when she's in the US. I think oh, she was okay. GF team. I, I'm talking to my ass here. I yeah. forget. The commentaries, commentaries said a lot of things. It was a big weekend for jiu-jitsu. Uh, onto the featherweights, we got Heather Rafferty, we got Fion Efren Davis, we have Amanda Montenegro, and we have Jessica Dos Santos. Admission. Amanda Noguera? Yeah. What'd I say? Montenegro. Yeah, I think you gave her. Oh, my range. bad. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Division 5. Onto the female lightweights, we have Tammy Musumeci, we got Catherine Perrette. I haven't seen her in a little bit. Jenna Bishop. Yep, and Gabrielle McComb. And uh, oh, Michelle Nicolini is also in this division. Division is 7. So on to the middleweight division, Anna. We have oh Anna Carolina, Anna Vieira. Yeah. So interesting. I wonder if her injury is healed up because yeah, she was injured after Black Belt CBD. Yeah. So I is. hope that she's not injured anymore. We also have Bia Mosquita and uh, Sarah Kaufman. So division of four there. And again, we're not reading every single name. I'm just reading the names that I can pronounce the easiest and know the most. So this is by no means I'm not omitting anyone on purpose. It's just people that I'm less familiar with that I'm not I'm not saying. Uh, Onto the medium heavyweight division, we have Luana Alzugir, we have Claudia, Claudia Dolval, and uh, three other women in that division. Oh, sorry, Sofia Nordano is also in that division. On the female heavyweights, we got a division of three, Moriyama Lesik, Natalia De Jesus, and Andre Correa. Andresa Correa, my bad. On the super heavyweights, division of three, we got Jessica Flowers, we have Nivia Morena, and we have Andrea Gonzalez. Alejandra Gonzalez, yeah. My bad. Sweet. Are you yeah, no, for this? yeah, this is going to be actually. I'm I'm really excited for this. Uh, some of these divisions are are deep and stacked as well, dude. 
all throughout the black belts. Like, look, I was 36 in the, uh, was it light feather? I think, uh, sorry, middleweight has 36 for men. And then uh, Light lightweight has, has 22. And then feather has feather. 25. Yeah. Light feather has 13. Like, dude, these are big ass brackets, dude. I remember Nogi Worlds was one of the first majors we covered for IBJJF. And I remember us, Josh and I looking at, like, how are we going to cover this? Yeah. You know how we're going to cover it? It's on Flow Grappling. Yep. So we're going to watch <laughs> all of the matches. Merry Christmas to you and me. That's right. As uh, we watch a shitload of jujitsu and then try to break it all down in uh, in about an hour and a half. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, though. So. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So luckily, that's the only event we're really previewing. There's a couple other events happening next week. Uh, Senkaku Pro is happening next. Sorry. Senkaku Pro 2 is happening next week. And then uh, Kopopodi uh, old, old School Judo is happening on the 22nd of December. Then we have some Fight to Wins coming down the pipe. we got the Euros. Uh, on the 15th of next month, IBG, we have Fight to Win 98. On the 19th of next month, we got Rise 6. We got Kasai coming up. We got the West Coast Trials. We got Combat Jiu-Jitsu Fight Night, Ultimate Mat Warriors 4, Sapatero 19, King of the Mats 5. We got a bunch of events the next three months lined up. So uh, strap in, Emil. I'm ready. We doing this. We doing it. So look out for our top 10 show. We're going to get that ready. If you have uh, matches that you think are in the top 10 of the year, shoot it over to us in a message on Instagram or you know on the Facebook or however else you want to give it to us, and we will consider it. We appreciate that. So uh, anything else you got, Emil? No, that's it. So uh, how's your week looking for jiu-jitsu? Pretty good. Uh, you registered for your tournament yet? <laughs> no, I haven't picked one yet. I got to get off my ass and do that, but it's going good. Training's fun. Uh picked up some great stuff at the seminar that's awesome um you know i uh, really have a ton of respect i had obviously a ton of respect for jonathan alvis i would hope so but I, like meeting him seeing him interact with people he's just he's a really good person and also really good at jiu-jitsu which is always great to see people who are both yeah, it's always great to meet guys that are like awesome at jiu-jitsu and then meet them and they're not a dick and you're like yeah i'm so happy that you're not an asshole <laughs> It's also great to meet them when they are a dick, and you're like, this is why you're so good. Yep. So yeah. there's there's both spectrums there. Yeah. Dude, speaking of competition, I am on weight for Naga. Yes. I am happy. Awesome. I did not have to drop. I had dropped like five pounds because my ass was super fat. And uh, now I'm uh, sitting at a comfortable 149. Would you say that you were, were you all the way up to chunk, or were you? Dude, I was like 154 and like a half, which I really shouldn't be at. Like you're that's, preaching that's in the some choir. I'm, I'm up to 160 now, which is like unforgivable. Yeah, but you're lifting weights, Neil. I'm yeah. just doing this jiu-jitsu. This before and I was teach. lifting weights. So. <laughs> what are you at now? I have no idea. Probably so 149. I'm going to weigh in for this. Then I got to go to 145 for the next three tournaments. So uh, I'm excited for that. Hell yeah, man. I'm already eating carrots and shit. Nice. I'm being upset at radishes. I was wondering why you were offering me tea up here, but now it makes sense. Usually you're eating some kind of garbage, like, you know, like mac and cheese. And or Taco something. Bell. Yeah. Eating Taco Bell. <laughs> taquitos. The or taquito. like... Dude, I cannot wait <laughs> to crush, like, an entire box of microwave taquitos as soon as I finish this, like, not... Because I didn't have to cut that much weight at all. Like, I'm literally down, like, six pounds of the garbage I had eaten for the last, like, year because I haven't competed in, like, almost a year. Damn. And, uh, dude, the knee injury. I was yeah. going to compete all the summer, and I blew my knee out, like, literally the first week of training after I finished with Hopkins for a coaching, and uh, I didn't get to compete this summer. So now I'm healed. I'm all good. The shoulder's still, like, relatively torn, but, like, I'll address that later. Yeah, well, now... All of all of the competitors are listening in, and they're gonna they're gonna go after your. They shoulder, can't get like the shoulder blood sport style. You don't even know which one it is. <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. Hell yeah! 
Uh, anything else you got, Emil? Before no, we bullshit too long? That's it. All right. We are, I'm Maine. I'm Emil. And we are the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mats. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show, and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes, and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time, and thank you.